Numbers are very important. Whether we be talking about the physical world, geometry, or the makeup of DNA, that language that has very much resemblance to computer coding, the sciences, our world is composed of numbers. But so too in theology and in our faith. The most important numbers being one and three. One for the indivisible, almighty God, and three for the persons of that, tr that trinity. Today we encounter, though, another number that is important for our faith and for this season, and that is the 40 days that are described as Jesus being driven into the desert for. This takes place right after Jesus' baptism. It is the Spirit of God who has been seen hovering over him in the form of a dove, in the voice of the Father, so that Trinitarian manifestation. And right after that, the Spirit drives him into the desert. But why 40? Why not two or three weeks? Why not longer? Jesus, at several key places in his life, really throughout his whole life, reenacts or relives the life of Israel. At the very beginning of his life, when threatened by Herod, Joseph is warned in a dream to take the Christ child and his mother and to flee to Egypt. And it says in Scripture, in order to fulfill the words of the prophet, out of Egypt have I called my son. First one that we can see is Jesus goes that this is a fulfillment of the prophecy in order that, like Israel, which was led out of Egypt, Jesus might find himself reliving that circumstance of, the peop of his people. Even Jesus' birth in Bethlehem is not just the, the accident of a, a potentate's desire to number, or, or, um, number his people. Jesus is born in Bethlehem again in fulfillment of the prophecies. Here Jesus enters into the desert to relive Israel's 40 years of wandering in the desert. And he does this in a reverse way. The people of Israel have been forbidden to enter into the Holy Land because of their disobedience, because of their trying God. And so God said, this whole generation must die out before you are permitted to enter in. And when they entered in, they had been east of the Holy Land. And so they crossed over the Jordan. Jesus reverses that. He first goes to the Jordan, and he's baptized there. And then from there, he enters back into the desert so that he can obey the Father's will, that he can show the people of Israel how they ought to have listened to God. The place of the Jordan itself is significant. 
That was where Elijah had crossed right before he had gone, been taken up in fiery chariot. That was where Elisha had received from Elijah his cloak and then crossed back into the Holy Land filled with the spirit of Elijah. We can remember that before the day of the Lord, before the coming of the Messiah, it had been said in the prophets that Elijah would come. And so Jesus going to meet Elijah in the person of John the Baptist and then going back into the desert was very evocative. Mark is the only gospel that tells us that Jesus was among wild beasts. This can show us the the dangerous environment of the desert, but also some of the fathers have seen in this an image of the, the original paradise where Adam was found amongst the beasts. And here Jesus enters into a less than ideal paradise as a result of our sins, but to lead us back to paradise. Mark's gospel is very short. It doesn't tell us the three temptations that we see in the other gospels. But we know that Jesus is tempted at the end of these 40 days. He's tempted to divert his his seeking the Father's will. He's bringing the kingdom into the world. He's tempted to use his power for his own bodily needs, his own satisfying his hunger. How often we are tempted first by our bodily needs, our bodily desires, in food, in drink, in physical comforts. We're tempted to indulge the senses. This is why we, with Jesus during this period, mortify these senses of ours. Interestingly, when the devil doesn't find Jesus biting the stones that he wants him to turn into bread, he then ups the ante or ratchets it up. He then next tempts him in a spiritual way. Ah, you've shown me you're a spiritual man. I've tempted many men who were able to resist the temptations of the body, but gotten them to give in to the temptations of the spirit. So what does he do? He takes Jesus to a high pinnacle of the temple, tempts him to throw himself down. If you are the Son of God, it is written in Scripture that his angel will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus resists that spiritual pride to presume upon God. And then Satan, again, ratchets it up. Okay, you've been able to resist this, but let me tempt you with power. All the kingdoms of the earth will be yours if you will simply bow down and worship me. And Jesus gives us the lesson of how we are to resist Satan. We are not to enter into a discussion. We're not to look at what he's offering. Be gone, Satan. Jesus quotes scripture to Satan. Satan shows that he has a mastery or a deep understanding of scripture. And here we're also reminded that on our own, we can misinterpret scripture. We can abuse it. And how often scripture has been throughout the centuries twisted to one's own purpose. We have to conform our minds and our hearts 
to the interpretation that the church gives us that is guided by the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that drove Jesus into the desert. These period, this period of 40 days is to be marked by denial, is to be marked by an inner solitude. We enter into the desert of our heart where sin has made it barren, where selfishness has dried up the oases or the water sources. And yet underneath that barren desert, there is the Spirit of God. There is God's Word which wants to well up again in our hearts. And so we might take as an image for this Lenten season, digging. Digging and doing that hard work of setting aside time for prayer. Time to think, time to reflect, time to be sorry for our sins. So that God's grace and life might bring many virtues in us in the Easter season. Let us not be afraid then to go into the desert, for Jesus is with us. Let us not ignore the desert, which is true in our lives. Let us not pretend that there are oases where there are not, and thereby fool ourselves by a mirage. Let us admit the evil and the wrong that is in us, so that God can then bring life in this barren desert. May the Lord grant us this grace.